Well, Peter has been speaking about false prophets and false teachers among us. He reminds us that as the end draws near, there will be an increasing number of false teachers and false prophets. He tells us that these false teachers have denied the only true master, and they have led many astray from the truth of God's word. The apostle tells us that God does not take lightly to those, to these individuals, and he reminds us that their condemnation is not idle and their destruction is not asleep. God will judge these individuals and they will give an account for how they led his people astray. Now, as Peter continues, he doesn't want to overwhelm those to whom he writes. Yes, these false teachers were deceptive. Yes, they would gather a great following of people. Yes, the great enemy Satan stands with them in their evil. And yes, the flesh is weak and is tempted by their teaching. But as believers, we have a power available to us that will keep us from falling. Now, admittedly, as we look at the world around us, we see that the enemy has, in fact, deceived many. And we stand, we find that those who stand for the truth of Scripture are being pushed aside more and more. And, it, and it's easy to see that the day will come when, when this world will not stand for the truth of Jesus Christ. Now, the Bible tells us that there is a cost to pay for standing on the truth. Those who follow Jesus Christ will be persecuted by false teachers who uh, will not conform to the worldly standard, will face opposition. Some will be put in prison. Persecution will rise for those who are faithful to Jesus Christ and his word. But And such is the power of, of these false teachers and false prophets. But Peter wants to offer to us, to those who stand firm in the truth, a word of encouragement. And he wants to, to bless and to give strength to those who choose to be faithful to the Lord and to his word. And so listen to what he tells us in Second Peter chapter 2, verses 4 to 9. Second Peter chapter 2. Verses 4 to 9. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment, if he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness with seven others, when he brought the flood upon the world of the ungodly, if by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly, and if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormented his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. Peter offers us four scriptural examples that give us hope in a world filled with lies and deceit. Well, let's take a moment and break these examples down to see how they ought to encourage us in our perseverance in the truth of God's word. 
Now, the first example Peter uses is the example of the angels that fell from glory. Listen to what he says in verse 4. For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment. Now, way back at the beginning of creation, Satan rebelled against God and took a host of angels with him in his rebellion. Now, imagine the damage Satan and his angels could do. We catch a glimpse of that in the fall of Adam and Eve into sin. We, sin, we see sin break the relationship with God. We see Cain killing his brother Abel. We watch a whole generation turn from God and be drowned in a universal flood that, that ravishes the earth. But as powerful as these demonic forces are, we understand that we have seen very little of what they are fully able to do. Because God has cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness until the judgment. They do not have full control. We watch Satan beg God for permission to test Job. Jesus tells Peter that Satan wanted to sift him like wheat, but he had prayed for him. We, we watch those forces of hell scurry from the, into full retreat in the Gospels in the very presence of Jesus. These angels of darkness are bound. They have no authority over those who belong to Jesus Christ. Now, one demon can resist the authority of Jesus Christ. Oh, they can afflict us. They can persecute us. They may even kill our bodies. But they are restricted and bound, and our victory is secure. No demon of hell can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Yes, Satan is very active on this earth, and as the father of lies, he seeks to deceive. He is more powerful than our human strength, but the one who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. And listen to the words of John concerning the destiny of these fallen angels. In Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10, we read this, And the devil who had deceived them, the father of lies, the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and sulfur where the beast and the false prophet were, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now, the devil may do much damage, but his destiny is sure. The Lord will cast him and his angels into the fire of hell. They will not overcome. We look at our world and we see the devastation that there is, but there is much more than what we see here. We who love the Lord will be forever with him. The angels of hell have no authority over us. God will keep them in chains. Hell and gloomy darkness are reserved for them. And what an encouragement this ought to be for us. The truth of Jesus Christ will prevail. Falsehood and the father of falsehood we will be forever banished. We will be overcomers through him who saves us. And so the father of lies, the father of false prophets, and all of his demons will be cast into gloomy darkness forever. And we, disciples of Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life will, according to Peter, overcome. 
Now, from this example of the fallen angels, Peter moves now to the time of Noah. And the falsehood and error of Satan and his demonic forces filled the earth. And God looked down and he saw the many who fell prey to this error and deceit. And only Noah and his small family remained faithful to God and his purpose. And notice what Peter tells us God did in the name of truth. In verse 5, he says this, If he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness, with seven others when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. God saw Noah and his family and set them apart. And over the space of 40 days and 40 nights, God sent rain upon the earth, and every false preacher and every ungodly soul perished in that flood. Not one remained on earth that did not recognize the truth of Jesus Christ, or the truth of God. Falsehood and error were wiped out with those people, and God protected Moses and his people in those days. And when the whole world stood against the truth, Noah and his family believed, and God stood with Noah and destroyed every other soul. The truth of God would continue through him, and the purpose of righteousness would prevail. Ungodliness would perish. The righteous minority would prevail, and the truth of God would advance. Peter moves next to the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And here were cities caught in the grips of immorality, falsehood, lust, and evil. And God looked down on these cities and he saw the evil within them. Their inhabitants had turned from the truth of God to do as they pleased. And, and in his anger, God determined to deal harshly with them. And so Peter speaks about these cities in verse 6 when he says this, If by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. People, Peter tells us, tells his readers that God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to extinction. And in his jealousy for truth, God struck the cities, these cities with fire from heaven and the inhabitants who ignored the truth of God and his purpose were destroyed. These cities were the center of falsehood and evil at one time, but in an instant they were banished to extinction. God protected his truth. Peter tells us that by destroying these evil cities, God left an example for all to see what would happen to those who ignored his truth. To ignore the truth of God is no no light matter. Whole cities were burned to the ground because of this sin. It is not in God's heart to see his truth trampled to the ground and ignored. And so here in this case, we see entire cities being plunged into extinction because they ignored the truth of God's word. Peter continues in his next illustration in the time of Sodom and Gomorrah, and he focuses, however, his attention on Lot, Abraham's nephew, who lived in these cities. And, and this is what he says in verse 7. And if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as that righteous man lived among, day, among them day after day, he was tormenting his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. 
Notice what Peter tells us about Lot. Lot was righteous. That's to say, Lot still believed the truth. He had not completely rejected God and his word. Second, Lot was greatly distressed. Lot lived in a city that was morally corrupt. Lot's neighbors rejected the truth of God and his purpose. And this grieved his heart and distressed him greatly. As one who loved God, Lot walked among the wicked of his day. He worked among people who disregarded the truth of God. He raised a family in an environment that rejected the purpose of God. And finally, Lot's soul was tormented over the lawlessness he saw and heard each day. There was no respect for God. There was no regard for God. Everyone did what they wanted, and this tormented the righteous soul of Lot. And what did God do for Lot? He rescued righteous Lot, verse 7. A whole city turns against God, living in immorality and sin, and Lot alone is, is left seeking the Lord. He alone was grieved over the condition of the land. He alone grieved that truth was not upheld. He alone grieved that God and his ways were not honored, and God sided with Lot and rescued him from the devastation that was to befall the city that rejected truth. Now notice how Peter concludes his argument here. If God did not spare the angels when they sinned and led humanity astray into falsehood, if God preserved Noah and his family when the whole world turned against him into error, if God bought brought the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to extinction when they turned from him, if God rescued the lone inhabitant of Sodom and Gomorrah who cared for the truth, then, he says in verse 9, the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. One family in all the world who stood for the truth overcame in the power of God, and the whole earth was destroyed by a flood. One man in a city grieving over falsehood and, and sin in his city overcame. God cares for the truth, and God sees those who stand for him and his truth. God rescues those who resist falsehood, and to stand for the truth is to stand in the path of victory. Though the world turns against us, it is better to hold the truth rather than to fall in falsehood. What we see in our day is not new, and as believers, we stand against the flow. We watch our world fall into error and follow the paths of the ungodly, following the paths of the false teachers, and sometimes we find that we are in a lonely place, like Lot, the only one in a whole city, like no, like Noah, the only family in a whole world that cares for the truth. But nevertheless, we stand in the path of victory. And so may God give us grace to stand fast in these days when falsehood increases. May we stand firm in the truth so that we can stand firm in the victory that God wants to give to those 
who remain faithful to him.